This is the Bar Stewards Enquiry. You are talking absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. In, in what way? You are an underachiever in life. You were, I saved your bacon one time. You were gone. Well, I couldn't save you. I, I don't know if you are, but you said the right thing. But well, that's why you don't know anything about racing, John. I, I didn't say I do. Right? I'm saying that. What have what you contributed to racing? You are one of these take-out merchants. Take out all you can. Good evening and welcome to the Bar Stewards Inquiry. Looking at the uh, racing at Cheltenham and Doncaster this weekend and anywhere else we can. My name is Andy Richmond and this week I am joined by two of the biggest Bar Stewards there are. It's a good evening to uh, John Lang of John Joe's Blogspot and a very good evening to Lead Keys from systembet.co.uk. Good evening, gentlemen. Are we looking forward to a little bit of racing to give us a little bit of levity this week in a week which has been an absolute racing and outside a complete and utter shit show? The last time I looked forward to something as much as this, Andy, I had two back teeth taken out. <laughs> and some root canal work. <laughs> but, of course, I mean, we'll, we'll do our best on um, on on the cars, I, I think, I think to be honest. there are, there are, I've got some decent opinions, but as for uh, in bets, um, I think it's one of those weekends where uh, Quentin Franks has uh, certainly uh, had the right week off. Um, <laughs> Where do, yeah, uh, where's, where's Quintin when we need him? He'd have been all right. There was there's a bit of all weather scrap, isn't there? Uh, Newcastle and Wolverhampton. He'd have been all right this weekend, but um, I'm sure he'd be putting something up. with follow him on Twitter, Quintin Frank's Racing, and I'm sure you'll find him there. But without further ado, gents, let's um, let's crack on now. Um, let's do the naps first. So uh, Lee, I'll give you a first go with your one pointer. Okie dokie. We head to Doncaster for the uh, first of the televised races there, the 205. And the horse I'm interested in um, is good old Pam Sly. There's not many a Pam Sly's stopped, is there? There's not many a Pam Sly's you see out the back of the telly uh, having a spin, uh, going from four to one on the machine to tens. And I did think that Take It Easy was the right horse to be on here because... um, Sort of like uh, it, the th- the thing for me, Tommy's Oscar, which uh, was beaten by Take It Easy at Weatherby, um, has been a bit unfortunate because he got thumped um, a rather large sum of weight for his easy win at Haydock, and so much so that now Take It Easy is actually better off at the weights for beating Tommy's yeah. Oscar uh, at Weatherby. So, so so for me, Take It Easy. Uh, currently, I think around four to one. Um, uh, yeah, you can get four to one generally available looking at checker at the moment. And I thought that would go off slightly shorter. There is a dark horse in Sonny Gina, uh, the Brownie Frost runner. Obviously, I-, I was quite keen on this horse from France. And, you know, he made a satisfactory debut at Haydock. Nothing, nothing great. I didn't like the way he finished his race off, which puts me off a little bit. But who knows? They might have left it short for that, and this might have been the plan. Who knows? Mm. Um, but take it easy. He's very solid, uh, four to one, and that was my uh, one point win, at third best bet, Andy. At four to one. I think that's probably yes. fair enough to say that. I think having said that, um, I mean the second, the hundred and second to one more for the roads actually working out quite well. The winners. One again, I know he ran today, he ran particularly well today, but 
Um, um, and the third actually won as well. So that 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 form of that second is actually quite strong. It looks a reasonable race, but as you say, four to one, not a bad price. John, your one pointer, please. Um, I, I was actually studying long and hard, trying to find three potential non-runners. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say something like Sunday Sport then. But... <laughs> no. no, no. Um, anyway, my one point win bet is uh, Porticello in the 240 in Doncaster. The, uh, the French farm looked good and then the horse couldn't have done any better on debut. And it does well with these types. Um, and maybe don't always go on, but uh, when they're at this stage of their careers, he seems to be uh, pretty much on the, on the mark with them. I think this has got about £10 improvement on giving them what we're so far, so would hope this doesn't have too much trouble landing the bet. Right. Well, I think um, I think we'll give you a point that I think there's a little bit of two to one around with uh, Betfair and Paddy Power at the moment. So I think that's probably. Uh, um, I'm exactly as Larry with that. That'll pay for me next two points. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think like I think like you boys. I was um, scratching around a bit this week, so I've had to throw a few darts, and um, I'll throw a I'll throw a dart for my one pointer, or a little bit of a dart in the. Um, uh, and the two miler uh, at um, at Cheltenham, the one fifteen, and I'm going to give a little bit of a chance to Notre Paris stuck away down the bottom in the green and gold there. In I thought his run behind uh, MS Sacri was reasonable last time out. Uh, I K Brunel was back in third. Midnight River actually fell in that race uh, and they've since run that over hurdles but I thought Notre Paris travelled really well might be one for the uh, for the traders amongst you more than uh, more than anything else um, but I thought it wasn't a bad run and there's going to be a hell of a lot of pace on in this I think I can I counted at least four who like to run up with there so I'm hoping they all take each other on and that uh, Mr Coleman sits in behind them in the green and gold and pounces late up the hill I think you can probably get. I'm just checking here on the odds checker. See what we can uh, see what we can get for our little bit on Notre Paris. I think there's only no one's given any extra places here, but I'll take the generally available seven to one to half a point each way as a very nominal bet uh, this week. So that's uh, Notre Paris in the 115 at um, at Cheltenham is my uh, one pointer this week. Let's go with the two-pointers, see if we get any better. John, do you want to head us <laughs> off the two-pointers this time? Thank you very much. Um, this will uh, appeal to all the Frank fans out there, because this is a Frank's note-broke horse. <laughs> um, and this is Dundari. Uh, Frank was absolutely adamant he was going to improve once he got 10 furlongs. He's got nine tomorrow, so I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm giving myself 220 yards leeway and uh, <laughs> hoping for the best. Um, Dundari at uh, Wolverhampton. Um, nine furlong race. As I say, Frank's adamant it's going to improve. I had a look at the, the last run in particular, not really nicely, to be fair. And uh, uh, I think they'll make for me one point each way. I think it'd be very hard to keep out the frame this one. What time's that running, John? Oh, hang on. 
I'm clicking. I'm clicking through and trying to find it. it. It's yeah. the four four fifteen Wolverhampton. Yeah, sorry, Four fifteen at Wolverhampton, Dundory. I think there's been a little bit of money. I think if we were being there, there's no extra places. Uh, ten to one. Uh, ten to one is generally available. Three places each way. Um, I'm happy with that. that. That will do you each way. A pleasure, John. Three pegs there. Uh, Lee, your uh, second uh, selection. Your two pointer this week. Yeah. Um. A disgrace from John there. I mean, I mean that that that's a magpie in it, you know, an absolute disgrace. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, John's terrible there. He's he, 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 the, the nap table I, I leader. Wouldn't just, I wouldn't just nick a dead man's shows. I'd wear his clothes teeth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, you know. Uh, anyway. So, so John there nicking the great Quentin Franks as notebook horses. This is what it's come to on the bastard. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> uh, right, my second best bet is also Catherine Fry's best bet of the weekend, ah. and I spoke, I spoke to I spoke to Catherine Fry today. Um, she was due to be on the show, um, but sadly, um, Radio Gloucester. Uh, BBC Radio Gloucester rejecting the bastards for I've been, been jocked off for a few people in my time, but never, never BBC Radio. You know, I mean, we just the, we, we, we that's how low we are. Um, so <laughs> anyway, good luck to Fry this weekend. Um, but but yes, I'm in agreement with Catherine Fry, and my second best bet is Zanza. In the 150 at Cheltenham, that's the Racing Post Gold Cup, uh, named many names in the past. Um, and I I put this up last time in the in the in the first leg of the double, the Paddy Power, and obviously the the the, the race shape didn't suit. Um, cool, cool Cody obviously made the run in, probably unluckily unluckily fell. Um, um, you know, in the race, the front end held, held up. All the old up horses were struggling. I made the case that Zanza would improve dramatically for the step up in trip. I did feel that Zanza has always been a two and a half mile horse. I love the trial race uh, with uh, when he was third to Eldorado Allen in the uh, in the Halden. I thought that's a good trial, and you know, the case was made. Uh, he was travelling supremely well against Sky Pirate last year in December at Cheltenham uh, over the two miles. I don't think the mark's beyond him at all. I, I just think a truly run two and a half miles, you know, uh, and this is a better course for him. You know, the other course is, for me, a very tight track, and I think it suits the front end. This this course helps you a little bit if you you know you need you need a good pace and to come off from off the pace. So fourteen to one Zanza. I think it's available, Andy, anyway. Yep. Each way I thought was um, fourteens is fairly generally available. There's a couple of places doing a uh, couple of people doing five places. Yeah, fourteen to one five places pretty much generally available. Uh, point each way a pleasure. Uh, yes, please. Uh, that's 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 a very good bet. And me and Fry, that's the nap this weekend. Okay, okay right. Well, I'm going to go um, head to head with you here and Ooh. split my two points. That's how bad it's become this week. Uh, and in the uh, in the racing post uh, gold cup or whatever it's called now, it's had how many names has this race had? 
Um, I'm going to split it. Uh, one with uh, the first one I'm going to uh, do is Beakstown. Um, oh, this is interesting, this horse. The same owner had Al Madame in this race, which got hammered down throughout the week, 25s into sixes, and then doesn't run. Now, since then, well, since it was pulled out, Beakstown actually got hammered as well. Uh, and he's now £7 lower than when he was fifth at the 2020 festival um, in that um, novice's handicap chase, which is no which is no more. Now, I think they got him on a good mark there. Unfortunately, it went and rained and turned the growing soft. I don't think, I think the ground, looking at the times today, they look, it looks relatively decent ground there today. And I could see him be, I could see him going off a little bit shorter than his current eight to one. Uh, although he's quite, he has drifted a little bit on the exchanges at the moment. I think he's, I think he's really well handicapped, and I think it was interesting that he got pulled out. That the uh, the owner's other runner, which had been hammered during the week, got pulled out. So I'm going to have a point on Beakstown, and I cannot resist uh, having a point on Farinay as well. Um, was um, he, he could be really well handicapped, this horse. I'm a little bit worried about the ground, but of course, as we've seen, Venetia Williams had uh, Commodore win today uh, when nothing else really got in the race. Um, the sure, ground yeah. might be a little bit on the quick side for him. All his best form has come on soft or heavy ground, but he's never really run on this ground. And his win at Sandown last March sort of stuck in my head as well. Um and he looked held. He made a mistake at the at the last that day. Um, he, he's eight pound higher, but I still think he's quite well handicapped. And the booking of Rachel Blackmore is very, very interesting for me. I know she's over here anyhow, but that was a very interesting booking. So I'm going to split me Royal uh, me uh, Racing Post Gold Cup bet uh, between Faranay, uh, probably as fair bit of nine to one available, and Beakstown at eight to one, and have a point to win on each. Good stuff. Uh, you made a good case there for Venetia's. Uh, 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 I think the race is. Yeah. We can come back to it, Lee, when um, when uh, we go through the other, you know, the ITV races, and obviously for you're sure. on Zanz. I'll be interested to hear John's views as well. I mean, you've got horses like Layla and Dolstal Phil and Silver Hallmark in there. I mean, it, it's a competitive race. I mean, that's that's where we're going. But yeah, it's time for the old three point nappers now. Um, Lee, I'll let you start. We'll save John till last this time. Oh, good God. <laughs> it's, ama it, it, it's amazing, like the amount of clashes we have. And and, and listeners will think we're, we're conferring or, or, or we're just trying to edge our bets. It's just not true. But I'm clashing with John here in the 415 at Wolverhampton. Um, a special mention for the favourite local bay. Uh, David O'Mara train, Holly Oil runner, 11 to 8, uh, I think he's on the earlies. Um, that horse was from the Irish trainer, Ella Marie Holden, uh, which they landed another gamble the other night with, um, I believe. I'm just trying to remember the name of the horse that won the other night. It was, I'll tell you now, it was Darwell Lion. Uh, they landed, landed a nice gamble there the other night. They're obviously improving the horses from that yard. So whilst I respect that strongly at the price, I just cannot believe the price of the throstles in this race, because this horse, if you like, is a bit of a standing dish here. 
Um, I find I find it amazing at the prices. Um, I think it it has been cut as as I speak. I'm looking at the odds checker prices on the throttles. It's sort of twelve to one with bet three six five, eight to one sort of general. I would make this about four to one tops. Um, he's gone for a good claimer in Mark Crean to take the three off. He's off a mark of sixty. The big mistake the handicapper made with the throttles was marrying the marks up with the turf. The horse is one from twenty on the turf. It's five from 18 on the all-weather. And where have all the five wins come? Wolverhampton. Mm. Um, and, 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 and I think, I think that's, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's much better class than this. 60 is a ridiculous mark. It's one, it's one at Wolverhampton off 74, 77, 68, 61, off 60 today with a very good three-pound claimer. How on earth is that even putting it twelve to one? I, I'm embarrassed to take the twelve to one because it won't be that. I mean, so I, I'm happy to take the eight to one for advised prices because I think it's a bit unfair. So I'm thinking this should be about seven or two ish, um, you know, in the market. So yes, eight to one. The throttles each way a pleasure, Andy. Please. Right, each way a pleasure. The throttles, it is 1.5 points each way. I'll go next and we'll leave John stewing till last. Um, I've had to go to Hereford, which is actually not a bad card at Hereford uh, tomorrow afternoon. And the first race there, let's get it out of the way. So you can have this with your cornflakes almost. 12-12, we're on the silly times tomorrow. Um, Tom Lacey's Velasco. Um, I did like this horse. I liked his first run uh, when he was uh, when he split two next time out winners at Worcester back on the 20th of October. Um, Saint Palais uh, won the race, and the third was Hawthorne Cottage. He won next time out. Had some decent types behind as well. Velasco. He looks very much the type to make a better chaser uh, than he was a hurdler. He actually be he was actually a winning point to pointer as well uh, in his career. He travelled pretty well. Um, I think the further he goes, the better he'll go. That was two miles seven. He's got a bit more to go tomorrow. He generally races up with a pace, which I like at Hereford as well, around that sort of track. If he gets into a bit of a uh, gets into a bit of a rhythm, I think he'll be uh, well worth playing. Uh, Thomas Dogrell claiming five takes the uh, ride. I've seen him ride. He's fine, not a problem at all. I think he's got a few pound in hand of this lot. Um, if you look at Revels Hill, I'm not sure that he needs three miles one. Ebony Gales won a couple of joke races. Global Harmony might well improve uh, for a little bit, um, but there isn't really an awful lot else in the race. And I think Velasco is going to be my uh, three-pointer tomorrow. I'm just going to have a quick look at the prices because not many people have priced this one up. Um, and I think you can get nine to two with uh, bet three six five, um, and I would rather back it. I think we, or you can have the four places uh, with Betfair uh, at four to one. Um, I'll take the uh, I'll take the nine to two, one point five points each way. Uh, just the three places on Velasco as my uh, three pointer tomorrow in a day when um, I must admit, like all of us, we struggled a bit to find them. Um, Anything particularly juicy, but yep. John might have come up with something. <laughs> John, you're on three pointer, please. God help everybody if they're waiting for me coming up. <laughs> 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 I'm late, yeah, I'm staying, God. 
Um, but the one where the golden pen has fallen is actually in the 315 at Doncaster, and this is Jet, owned by Mr. Robert Whaley Cohen, written by his son Samuel. Um, who rode this in the national last time, 47 lengths behind Minella Times. Um, failed to stay, I thought, jumped really well. Jump for fun going around there. There's done a lot of pace on around it. If this is fit, and I've got it in my mind, it probably will be having a Lasaitas and then going for the top one because they love these type of races, don't they? The way they go, and you know, I mean, it's, it's a bit of an, an ego trip, all this. But if this is fit, I don't see why this is nine to one. Because I think it could jump a skilled round here of this sort of trip, and uh, I think it's on a very good mark as well. 145, more than reasonable. Um, and as I said, there's not a lot of pace on it. If he's happy that it's fit and he's positive on it, I think um, that ninth one's a bit ridiculous. Are we on the uh, are we on the nose there, John? On the button? Yeah, yeah. It's not fit. It'll drop out the back of the telly, won't it? So we're all in. All in. <laughs> well, there's some nine to one available with uh, our friends in Stoke on Trent. So Beautiful. I think we could give you that. Uh, otherwise, it's eight to one generally available. But I'm sure we can squeeze the three points at nine to one on Jet, which is John's three pointer tomorrow. So that concludes the naps um, or the. Uh, uh, the uh, the sort of naps for today. Um, the TV races, gents. Uh, let's run through those. Let's go to Cheltenham first. Um, the the 150. I probably sort of. Um, I think we've probably done that one to death. Although John, have you got any views on that 150? The Racing Post Gold Cup Handicap Chase. In the highly delayed actually, because I thought Beakstown caught the eye massively on debut. Mm. You've been off it before that. You come down another pound nicely, in other words, with all that pace on, and there's plenty of presses as well. There isn't the usual worry of Harry choking his load before the girl climaxes either, is there? So, <laughs> um, I thought we could uh, rock along with probably Bates down. I had a tremendous respect for the Hobbs horse as well, but I thought ran a blind. So, I might just chuck the uh, the random witch in and do a couple of exoticas and uh, a, a jokey little tricast as well on the, mm. the three that your lads have come up with. Yeah, it's it's certainly a, it's certainly an interesting race for a competitive race. It's actually just looking at some stats I've got here. It's been a good race for punters. Twenty eight of the last thirty four winners have actually been found in the first four uh, in the betting, but we've only had one favourite since nineteen ninety six. So. Um, you don't want the favourite, but you want something towards the uh, towards the front end. And of course, a lot of them are trying to do the uh, trying to do the double. Probably Dorstal Phil will be the one that caught most people and most people's eye as well. Um, there have actually been three horses: Pegwell Bay, Senior Senior Elbertruti, and Exotic Dancer have completed the Paddy Power Racing Post that is now double in the same season. So Midnight Shadows attempting to do that off a six pound uh, six pound higher mark. Uh, and there's a few other interesting ones as well. Um, five other horses have actually won both races, um, that uh, the Paddy Power and this race, in different seasons since 1983. And Cool Cody is trying to achieve that, having won the 2020 Paddy Power. So uh, 
it's um, it's an interest it's certainly an interesting race there's money for fusil raffles as well but as i say i'm rowing in with uh, beakstown and faraday john has just given that a bit of a tick and uh, catherine and Lee are with Zanza. So uh, great, the British great, great, great stats though there, Andy. Great stats because just quick story. Um, I was working in a work experience on opticians in Sheffield, and um, they let me go. They let <laughs> well, me go early. Me what... and you later, later. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. yeah. I mean, I was in them days where I was ringing like Patrick Veach on on the the, the premium rate phone lines from the opticians. <laughs> And and, uh, uh, I even read, I even if Dickie Pittman listens to this, I even listened to Dickie Pittman on, on a premium rate phone line in oh. the opticians because obviously they don't check you rigging <laughs> dialing the phone. Out that's the run up a fair bill, then, yes, yes, yeah. Well, that's part of work experience, that's why that's why <laughs> I'd put it down to. And they let me off early to watch Pegwell Bay win, so uh, yeah, it was a. Uh, Good, good, good memories. So thanks. There's been some, there's been some, there's been some, uh, some good ones of these, and it, it looks, it looks a decent race tomorrow. We then come to the uh, the Albert Bartlett Nobbit, the Albert Bartlett Novices Hurdle, um, and it's been. I suppose it's one of the the, the main guides, or one of the guides to uh, the the uh, Albert Potatoes, as I always call it. First, we've got um, an Irish train favourite in Blazing Carl. Um, who won pretty impressively here last time out. Boys, your impressions of this race? Well, um, if, I, if I may chime in first, uh, Blazing Carl, I think, is a really, really good horse. Um, I do believe that Jolino Bello will not reverse the form, even on better terms. I think Blazing Carl is, is, is a really good horse. But uh, just, just for information, punters, who love a nudge, nudge, wink, wink, Molly Murphy thinks Barony Legends is the is the best uh, one of the best he's ever had. Um, he's absolutely waxing lyrical about this horse. Um, so if you wanted to oppose the favourite Blazing Cal, I wouldn't back the Nichols horse uh, with Stolen. I cannot see that reversing the form with Blazing Carl. I think that's just a very good horse, but. Giving away the five pounds, Barony Legends. Who knows? Ollie Murphy, very, very sweet on him. So that's my take on it. We ran the eight to one with uh, on the machine at the moment. John, any thoughts mm. on this? Yes, I had one look at this and got the box set of Emmerdale episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one with? Uh, did you come across the episode when uh, Seth still owned the pub? Oh, I was, I was, I was going West back there. The the pub, pub, Sam Pearson played by Chalk Townley. <laughs> I believe a little bit of a, a, a sort of trivia here is that one of our foremost commentators, Mr. Tomlinson, actually appeared in Emmerdale as a uh, as a solicitor once. Wow. There you go. Stat of the day. Stat of the day, that one, yeah. <laughs> Stat of the day. Um, like you, I mean... I mean, like you know, John obviously isn't very keen on this race. Yeah, like you, like you, uh, Lee. I think um, Blazing Cow is a it's a decent horse, and if there's five pounds better off, is um, Gelino Bello uh, for that run. Uh, Barony Legends. I mean, I mean, one what twenty seven lengths at Lingfield on soft ground, um, and he does look he might be the sort of wild card in the race. 
those colours are normally seen. That's the Moran's colours, isn't it? They're usually seen uh, with uh, associated with Mr. Elliot, aren't they? But uh, yes. an interesting race there. Uh, we then do, move... do you not think, though, that the, these Norris hurdles at Cheltenham, like early to mid season, are just absolute cockouts? Yeah, you know, you, <laughs> you get nothing from them towards, towards the festival here. I mean, it's one thing to blow. We don't anything winter on the days and goes on and grows. Well, in, in terms of, uh, I would say, in terms of the fact that you've probably, probably not run at the same pace. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's there's the, a bit of mess out there. You know, I, I never, ever feel like I would them. You know, I just think, oh, Christ, another one of these. Yeah. Mm. I detest them. Yeah, it can be spins. I mean, it can be. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, I mean, everyone seems to target Cheltenham. And as we know, the Irish in recent times have been very shrewd in their targeting of the festival, hence the domination. And... You know, like some of these sort of meetings now, you know, like you say, you you can be looking at sort of trial races despite the prize winning. You know, there's certain owners that just want to win at the festival and that, that's the pinnacle for them. So, because that's what racing has made it. Racing has made Cheltenham the uh, the pinnacle sort of, a you know, thing for an owner to to, uh, to win at, to win a race at. So that's, that's what, what we're looking at. Put it on a put it on a pedestal, isn't it? Basically, um, yeah. Which, you know, which I, I can I can sort of see, but um, it probably has gone probably a little bit too far now. Moving on, we have what is now the international hurdle. Of course, you and I, or the older listeners, would probably know more as the Bueller hurdle. It's taken a bit of a quality dive in the last few years, isn't it? We've obviously got Noah Daggio because uh, he's out with the uh, injury. Um, and Song for Someone was favourite, was favourite, but he's just been nudged out now by So Royale, who, if it stays on top, I think he's, a, he's an admirable horse, isn't he? He deserves to win something like this. I've got a sneaky feeling that the Irish might nick this. I wish there was one more place because I think I'd be having a sneaky little each way a pleasure on heaven help us who was actually going pretty well last time out uh, when she made a mistake of course she won the, the coral cup at 33 to 1 so there is um, a little bit of um, horse form there um yes, was... yes the, car- the carrots barn Andy. carrots barn it is the it's the yes nuts and high carrots yeah. and all those sort all those sorts that's, of things that's Andy that's the old ground trainer that Got done, I think, 2008, oh, 2009 for... Of course. He, he possessed about 4,000 tonnes of steroids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and he got done for it. And, 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 and obviously he trains this and it won the Coral Cup by, you know, by an innings and 47 runs. Yeah. And so, so, you know, it's one of these, if that turns up tomorrow and he's doing windmills in the paddock, you know, like Mick Winters, um, with Chatham Street lad. Um, who's failed to re- reproduce anything like the form of that uh, victory um, in this race last year? But, the, but that, the, that's what I'm saying. So heaven help us. I think I think it's a good shout from you in terms of well, if that's got the carrots. Yeah. Well, if you sort of, I mean, if you were looking at the pace profile of the race as well, there doesn't seem to be an awful lot of pace in it as well. And you know, we've seen uh, the old Kansas City Chief lead all the way today. 
remarkable horse actually <laughs> totally remarkable yeah. good ride as well um but you're looking at that tomorrow and thinking there's not i've looked at the sort of pace profile of this race and thought what's going to go on here um guard your dreams coming back in trip seems a little bit of an odd decision to me bally adam who has been a bit of a fight well that's harsh to call him a failure over fences song for someone they don't seem to be as aggressive as they were before him uh, with him, so Royale's generally held up. Um, you know what? You know, Hunter's calls definitely held up. You know, heaven help us, could get a a, a bit of a free spin in the lead here. Um, I was just sort of looking at looking at that, and you know, she led all the way in the Coral Cup last year. Yeah, uh, the prices. I kind I kind of come to your thinking, but also, I I, I wouldn't dismiss Song for someone second off the window, mm. and I thought. Well, the trial at Ascot was good because I, I I genuinely believe I don't I don't think the horse was hundred percent. It won the Boola last year from Silver Street, and it beat Sir Royal. But the the thing, obviously, with Sir Royal being backed into favourite, is for me, it's probably going to be a little bit quicker than it was last year, which will help Sir Royal. It's it's kind of difficult for me to tip right now because obviously, if it's a dry night and they don't get any rain you'd like to see the times of the early races because mm. I'd, the, the, the quick, you you know yourself, the, the, the better the ground, the better Sir Royal is. Oh, so, yeah. Because yeah. if if anyone watches the Bula last year and they and they pause it, so well, or they watch it till, till they're turning in, Sir Royal is travelling all over Song for Someone, yet gets beaten probably, I don't know, what was it, four, three or four lengths. Um, and 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 that's the thing. It was soft ground. It was 11 seconds slow. So I think the key for punters tomorrow in this is to, you know, if you, if you get like some steady rain, obviously Sir Royal's a terrible bet at nine to four. That that won't beat Song for someone if the if the ground starts to go. That's a fact. You know, the, it's, 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 it, it's not going to happen because Song for someone last year was very, was strong enough in the finish last year after Sir Royal travel, travelled all over everything. And, but then just found very little because well, it was so sort of so Royale, uh, only ended up getting beaten the three and a quarter lengths it was but actually tra- I mean last one off the bridle traded as low as 1.33 last year exactly yeah yeah and and you could see a same scenario but if it was be- it, like you said Andy if it was if it was decent ground you you'd then be you'd be looking at the race thinking I want to be with so Royale because at least you can back it pre-play mm. and then you know, you you're there like you, you're traveling strongly, uh, turning it's, it's in. Very, so. It's very rare that So Royal doesn't even when beaten yeah. doesn't doesn't travel does a, doesn't travel throughout a race, or you're able to to get out at some stage. Yeah. So so yeah, that, that that's my view on the race. So basically, I will wait until I know because there are, there is there is potential rain forecast at Cheltenham tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Forecasters get it wrong. It's about sixty percent, I believe, rain at some point during the day tomorrow. So that dep- and and the more rain they get, the, the more I'm a song for someone fan. The less rain they get, the more I'm a so royal fan. Yeah. So you have to play, pay attention to the markets there. So I think real real wait and see. John, any news here? Yeah, there's been a lot of people criticising this race this week and. Uh, I'd just like to add that this has healed a 43-year wound for me because 43 years ago I was desperately upset when Bueller got killed at Cheltenham. Mm. And 
now I found myself glad he's not allowed to say this. Because it's not it's not even called the Bueller hurdle. No. It's, it's, the, you, no. it's, the, it's the Unibet International. Exactly, he's even been consigned to the sidelines now, you know, that sort of thing. Not, yeah. even, not even registered as. And yeah. uh, dreadful. Um I, I just thought Sir Ryle, if he didn't piss down, would be paid, you know, because they're fairly moderate, aren't they? Really? That's the key, I think, the weather. Mm. And we come to the uh, the Close Brothers Mayor's Handicap Hurdle, which closes the card at 3.35. Don't get it off sharply. It'll be bleeding dark by then. Uh, I suppose... Yeah. Uh, I suppose the, I mean, this, I mean, if you've got, if you've got to think about it, two years ago, uh, the one, the first and second in this handicap hurdle uh, went on to win the Coral Cup and the Martin Pipe. Um, so let's not toss it straight out the, uh, straight out the window straight away. There are one or two interesting horses in here. The, I suppose the most interesting one is uh, Trapista, uh, the unbeaten in two over hurdles for John Joe O'Neill. Um you really don't know what she's getting here. Handicap mark of one thirty-one. Play or lay? Massive lay. Um, the what? The the horse it beat uh, at Huntington. Who could do dairies? They're not very keen on at Gary Moore's. Um, it got very well beat at Fontwell um, last time out, and he just it's it, it's simply the fact that it's won easily. It's looked good. Um, the, I mean, it doesn't mean to say it can't win. It's just how on earth do you come to 131 on that race? You can't. There's there's just no no way of saying. Look at the third horse, Call the Fairies. Yeah, that that got tanked next time out at Leicester. Um, mm. it, it 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 literally is. There's no form in there. That that should start about tens. How they've put that in three to one, I have no idea. Against quality, these, in fact, it's an insult to the other runners in the lineup that that's that's in his favourite because you've got Martello Sky that took mm. on the the males last time against Brewing Up a Storm. Mm. Um, she's a really good mare. I love her. I love her attitude. I think she's tremendous, Martello Sky. I think she she's she's a good chance. Indefatigable is she's a mare that on her day would be anything in this race hands down just hands down he mm. forget forget that any other runners if indefatigable indefatigable turns up she she just wins she beat proschema at weatherby um obviously proschema came down when traveling very well behind sporting john last time this is this is seriously good form indefatigable martellos guy take your pick between the pair um it's hard to split. Uh, outside of that, no. That's my view on the race. Mm. John? Well, it's a mare's hurdle, and regular listeners would know. I would rather nip round to the niches and accidentally drop my towel than uh, have a bet in this. Tarquin's, Tarquin's Navy Strength Gin. Is a, a very very good tipple if you if you really fancy a good, if you fancy a good Christmas drink that's good. Tarquins, yeah, there's a good name there. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll the uh, I'll take the more whiskey line. Three bottles, Tarquins, mm. Navy Strength Gin. 
Dutch Gouda, Marks and Spencers as well, as as John Link and Testify. Yes, if MS <laughs> wants to send us a big wedge of that, we're, we're you will struggle to get a finer cheese than that. <laughs> You still and you still haven't got any from there through mentioning <laughs> the sponsors. Back to this 335 after copious mentions of MS cheeses and gins gins by Tarquin. Um, I think I probably agree with you boys. I mean, Trapista, uh, it's the one I can see drifting a bit, but I can see it attracting the, the Saturday punters for the green and gold. Um I thought, like usually, I thought Martello Sky was it was a good run last time out behind uh, w- with the boys behind brewing up a storm. Um, I suppose the one knock you would slightly have on that form that she was the only runner with an outing under her belt that autumn. Um, but she travelled well throughout the race. If she travels as well here, I suppose the the question mark about Indefatigable was a bit of a moody old show last time out. Um, yeah, she's very in and out. That was a little bit on her day she's very good um but she does have the off um the off the off day um but those two will give trapista a a decent um a decent contest i say I, it was like the the whole card at cheltenham i found it and i think you boys did too as well um a little bit um i wouldn't say substandard that's probably been a little bit too harsh but quite a difficult punting card couldn't find yeah. too many angles at all uh, into yeah, it. Yeah, I, I concur with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll move on to Doncaster, where hopefully they'll jump some fences. <laughs> We've yeah, been a low sun again yeah. today. Um, so, uh, but, but we held on for the last and made sure all the poor old boys jumped all the fences. Um, uh, and we've got three from there. We've got the 205, which is the Bet365 Handicap Hurdle. Um, which I believe, Lee, you've already had a stab at, haven't you? I have, yes, with the uh, Take It Easy. So I will take let you guys um, have, a, have, have a chat about that. Oh, John, do you want to have a stab at this? Is anything that flows it, it, your boat it, in it, it, is a, it is a bit of a stab, but um, I, I, I watched Pyramid Place quite closely last time, um, actually by accident, because I got the colours mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the time I realised I was watching Pyramid Place, man, is actually in the front. Uh, um, yeah, Pyramid Place was just nicely getting into it last time, and then an awful blunder. Got a bit tired, close on. Dropping back in trip a bit today. Paddy Brennan's back on. Reedy's off, which I don't think is a bad thing. Um, I think that offers up a little bit of value here, about 13 to 1. I, I think uh, there's plenty right for this. He's running about wrong at the weight. That's not it. Mm. Um, I, I, th- I think there's a reasonable chance. Mm. I'll throw another one in at a, a reasonable price, which I thought was quite interesting, was a lucky one. So that was quite an interesting uh, contender here. Um He's done, you know, obviously moved around stables uh, a little bit. Um, I thought this was quite interesting horse, to be honest with you. Um, used to be, obviously, went from Mullins to Nichols and now on to the Skeltons. It's his first run for the uh, first run for the Skeltons. Um, if you look back at his form last year, I mean, he ran at Wincanton last year, giving natural history, he gave him £6 and a 20-length beating. 
which is no mean feat. Um, he was found out that it was. Well, I say he was found out last time. If you go back and watch his run at um, against my Drogo um, in the Grade Two at Aintree, it's actually travelling really well uh, when he fell a fair way out. So you couldn't really tell what happened. But you had to like the way he travelled throughout the race. They're putting back in a, a handicap now off an opening mark of 137. I don't think that's going to be beyond him. He has drifted out in the betting to around eight to one on the machine. So there's no there's no um, there's no confidence on it there behind him. But I just thought he was quite interesting. He's certainly worth watching. Uh, lucky one for the future because I think they've managed to get him off a, a decent mark. And I just wonder whether he might be. I was I just think the skeletons are quite good target trainers. And um, I just wonder whether he might be their one for the county hurdle this year. They might just want to get a few pounds off him. So keep an eye on Lucky One. I just wonder whether he might be. That might be the long-term target, uh, the county hurdle. They've done that with a with a few of their horses and and targeted that race successfully before. They've won it a couple of times. I'm just wondering if Lucky One might be uh, this year's version, but they just want to get maybe a couple of pounds more. So I should be watching him closely tomorrow. A lucky one uh, in a race which um, looks pretty competitive as well. Um, the juvenile hurdle up next. We've uh, heard your thoughts, John, uh, with uh, Porticello. So I'll give Lee a stab at this for the 240. Well, the, the key to this really is like, I mean, if you're an in running player, it's an in running player's dream for me because um, on the French form uh, with Porticello and Magistrato. Porticello beat Magistrata by three lengths in France. Um, Magistrata really has, didn't settle well enough last time. And for me, that, you know, I, it was disappointing. I backed Magistrata in the morning last time. Um, I was disappointed with, with the finishing effort, but it was it was choke out. Mm. Um, that That's the key to the race, I do believe, because... Knight's Luke won that race, but I do believe that's not the best horse. I, I, I genuinely think John's John's bet's correct in a way because Porticello, yeah, that is, he's probably the right horse to be on. But if Magistrato settles and Bryony gets this one to settle, mm. um, then Magistrato, for me, would probably be be better than Porticello, but it's a big if. Mm. It's an interesting race, actually. I just, I just wondered whether I, I can see the case for Porticello being favourite, but as you say, if Magistrato has got to settle, too friendly is two from two over hurdles, and he was rated eighty-five on the flat. So I wonder which, you know, this is sort of a, a, a test the waters with him. Knight Salute, of course, um, beat Impulsive One um, at, at Kempton, didn't he? But Impulsive One is much, much better off now uh, with that one. Um, and um, I just wonder whether um, Peace and Co won this race for the the double green. Um, so I wouldn't totally write impulsive one off. Um, and Knight Salute, as I say, won the Grade Two at Cheltenham last month. I'm not sure that was a great event. If I thought there was one a little bit underpriced at the moment or undercooked, without taking uh, in running, uh, you know, whether horses settle or not into account. I thought Knight Salute was a little bit short uh, in the in the betting, and I thought there was one that was overpriced. I thought it was uh, impulsive one, but 
I can see the case for Porticello and Magistrato, especially if they settle. And, and too friendly adds a little bit of strength in depth. But I thought if there was one that I thought I'd be happy to take on, it probably would be Knight Salute. I thought he's a little bit short in the market, but it's not a race I want to get overly involved with. Uh, and then we come to the 315, which is the uh, the last race in the card. It's not, to be honest with you, it's not a great race, is it? Um, if you saw this race crop up at um, uh, somewhere like Musselboro on a Wednesday afternoon, you'd be thinking, well, it's okay, <laughs> but it's not great, is it? Um, two for gold. It's, it's, it's a strange one. Don't you think, Andy, it's a strange one for the TV that they picked this one? And well, they could have they moved. Them. Have they not moved some of the races around? Because I think originally the uh, the the Grade Two Novice Chase was meant to be on the telly, and I think yeah. they moved. I think I saw something earlier in the week that they've moved them around. Um, but that Grade Two Novice Chase never attracts any runners. Um, it's always sort of fours and fives and threes and threes. It is tomorrow. So yes, it is an odd one. But I don't think they were. They had an awful lot of option. Uh, maybe the two mile yeah. handicap at twelve twenty would have been a better option. But I suppose it's competitive enough. John's already uh, made a, good, a decent case for Jet, um, and there's money around for Corto Rico as well, who I thought was quite interesting. Two for gold is certainly. It's his time of the year, um, two for gold. If you're if you're looking at, you know, he thrives at this time of the year. Um, if you look at him between November and February uh, in this sort of company, he's seven from eight, uh, and the the only time he was beaten, he was third. So if you're if you're a calendar punter, <laughs> two for gold is the is the one for you. Uh, and then you've got other horses like the Wolf and FedEx or Fiduxu. I don't know, they've been a little bit disappointing. I can sort of see why John's taken a bit of a chance with with Jet and um, Sam Whaley Coley on board. Lee, any, what? I mean, it wouldn't but, be yeah. a to get involved with particularly. Well, it's, I mean, it's like this. I mean, that, isn't it? I mean, I, that's a great stat on two for gold. Um, but then he's off 150 and you think, mm. is that an horse that's like going to make mincemeat of 150? You know, you you just probably laugh and say no. Um Jet John's selection is interesting for, for me for one thing in the fact that there's very little pace in the race. Mm. And if Jet just bounds on, that could be an interesting bet. Um, Fidux, um, again, top of its mark. You know, it's like a bit of a, you know, you're looking for one in here and you're thinking, well, what? It's one of those races. You look through it and you, you, you're struggling to find anything that you think is well handicapped, apart from yeah. possibly Jet. Because that's the edge in betting. You're looking for something that you think, well, hang on a minute, this this did something wrong last time or this, you know. So, so everyone comes, but these runners in this, they're literally all at, <laughs> they're literally all at the ceilings. There's, there's nothing in here that you're thinking, well, you know, you're going to win this by, by 10. Um, and it's one of those. So for me, I, I, I left it alone. But I, I, I would go with John's bet um, in terms of Jet, just purely because I could take the early price and I could just nick a couple of points because we Sam Worley. I just think we'll make the running. So he's bound to win. 
I mean, on that on that on that point, I mean, you've always got to you've always got to look at this. Is always the point I make about in running and, and looking at this. You've got you've got to, you know, I, I get sick and tired continually of people pointing out front runners without looking at the whole pace profile of the race and particularly where the favourite is going to be. Which is, if you think about it, is if you're playing in running, is often a, a pivot or a, a controlling factor. It's almost like a a bit of elastic. If you you know, if the if if something like Jet is being given a, a uh, you know, a, a big start by the favourite in this case, which would be two for gold, then then fine. I mean, he's got a bit of a an up and down profile in terms of, of pace, whereas Jet probably hasn't. And if you think of Fidux and Corto Rico, they're generally held up. So I can see the case for a, a little bit of a, a you know, a, a trade on Jet would be where I would go in in this race. You just look at the overall pace profile. There, there's nothing really there on on what you know that he's going to take him on at the moment. So, yeah, I can see the case. And he's actually probably the only one who has won off a, he's won off a higher mark than he's running off today as well. 145 he's off today, and he has one off. His last winning mark was 149. Q, Q something winning this race by 15 lengths and the handicapper putting it up £13. Well, there is, there is that. I mean... And, and there is a, there is an awful lot of money around this evening for Corto Rico, who looks like one of those early gambles, which you probably see bounce back um, once um, once the market's settled down and everyone's finished piling in. So that's the the seven on um, ITV tomorrow. I can't say it's a particularly inspiring um, sevenfold tomorrow. Um, any other thoughts about any of the other races uh, anywhere else um, before we um, maybe just conclude and wrap up with the thoughts on this week? Um, not here really. Um, I mean, obviously, like I said, I've seen better days racing for mm. punts. Um, that's where I stand really. Give, I'm, I'm putting my heart on my sleeve. It's, you know, there's nothing else really I can really add. Yeah, I was, uh, I was the same. John, are you of the similar ilk? I'm just glad to get out in one pace. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that might be a few, a few people tomorrow. Well, we can't we can't um, end well we can't end the show without mentioning the events of this week. Although obviously you boys are going to be uh, well, we're just going to uh, let let John go on Sunday for the Sunday sermon. I think it might be a two hour special uh, on the events of this week, whether they be political or racing based. Um, John, did you just want to uh, give us a pricey of what you're going to be talking about on Sunday this week? Ah, well, you couldn't really begin to condense it, could you? I mean, there's there's been an awful lot said, but um, at this stage, one of the things that has really grabbed my attention is someone who has hardly said jack shit about any of it, and that's Julie Harrington. Mm. Um, since I caused a little interview with Nick Luck, where she expressed 50 shades of grey opinions on anything not remotely controversial, um, didn't cover any of this stuff that we're dealing with right now. Data sharing, bookies, bullying, misogyny, twattish wannabe politicos donating to Hancock, lawsuits overriding, lawsuits over trainers allegedly ripping up owners. Nothing on that from any of the dear leader of the game, you know, that's supposed to be taking us forward. I'd be very interested to see if she's ever going to come out of the bunker and say anything on any of those subjects. 
It'll give you um, plenty to get your, st your teeth stuck into on Sunday. I look forward to your comments. Lee, anything uh, before we end the show that you would like to, uh, well, delight us with for um, for Sunday? Because I'm sure there are an awful lot of things to say. You're going to struggle to keep it under an hour on Sunday, boys. Absolutely. Many subjects. I mean, I mean, obviously, the the the. the Brownie Frost affair um, that 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 dominates it in terms of what responses we've seen this week, but also um, a, a quiet mention from me what what will come from me on Sunday, which is obviously the impending single customer view. Yeah. This is something that is is certainly underlooked in the punting fraternity because a lot of the reports are kind of hidden in a way. It gets reported on, but obviously. More people talk about Brian E. Robert Dunn. The serious issues within the industry are going to hit very hard, very, very hard. And when they hit and people have not noticed, um, that's when you're going to start to get complaints. Um, and that's something that I'm looking forward to covering on Sunday. Right. So it should be an interesting Sunday sermon uh, this weekend with uh, John and Lee uh, talking about all those subjects, I agree with him that single customer view is very, very important. Of course, we've seen uh, the Bryony uh, Robbie Dunn affair this week. I think I've, I've read a couple of very measured and good articles on it. I would direct you in one. I think the probably the best angle I read on it was Graham Cunningham's article in the Sporting Life on oh, the Sporting Life site. I think that was a a very, very good balanced view with some yep. very, very good opinions in it as well. It was well written by Graham. Um, if there was one, you know, if you want to read one piece on it, that was what I would say, read on it. Well, I'm going to wrap things up there, lads. It's not the greatest uh, racing tomorrow, but from all of us here at the Bar Stewards Inquiry, um, hopefully uh, there are some winners amongst those tomorrow. Uh, and we'll not be pushing the pink button. You'll be pushing the blue button. And uh, hopefully, Mr. Franks may be back to save us soon. But from all of us here at the Basket <laughs> Inquiry, uh, thank you for listening. May your may all your winners be a big ones this weekend. Thanks for listening, and just don't forget to check out the Bar Stewards Inquiry Sunday sermon this Sunday. It could be quite a cracker with John and Lee. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Bye.